Welcome to A Champion's Mind with your host, Mario Aroyave. Some say the sky's the limit. It isn't. The limit is in your mind. You believe that or else you would not be listening to this podcast. You believe that you could do more. You believe that you can perform at a higher level than you currently are. You are absolutely right. Thanks for being open-minded and allowing this podcast to help you develop a champion's mind. In this podcast, we'll discuss and hear about some mental strategies we can implement to help you achieve your utmost performance. If you feel like you're not performing at your true potential, this podcast will look to give you the keys that can open that lock. Thank you for tuning in to part two of the interview with the Schneider sisters. In this interview, we'll go into their team, IS Core, and talk a little bit about that and the dynamics involved and how they look at racing and how they generally look at and enjoy each other's friendships. We'll also talk with the Schneider sisters about some of the races that they've done and how they've gone well, and they'll give us a front row seat into some of the tactics involved and how the race went down. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy part two of the interview with the Schneider sisters. What role do you think that the mind plays in your sport? It's huge. I'd say your mind is probably more takes up more of your capabilities and your success more that more so than your legs and your your fitness. If you're not in the right state of mind, it's going to be a bad day. If your confidence is low, it's going to be a bad day. It's just having the right mind state going into training, racing, travel. It's huge because if you have a negative mindset going into something, it's very rare that you're able to change it to a positive, especially in cycling and just the unknown. If you have a bad race in the first block of, you know, a four-week trip, it's going to be a long four weeks. So just finding that ability to look at the positives and just having a positive, confident mind is huge in finding success in any sport or life in general. Let me ask you this. I mean, either one of you or both of you can answer this one. I mean, you guys, y'all win races. Y'all have won races in breakaways. Y'all have won races when it comes down to a sprint. I mean, what what is going through, you know, what what's going through y'all's minds as you guys are, you know, getting ready to race and then you're in the race and then maybe lap cards come out. So we're getting towards the end. I mean, what is what's the process for y'all of just your mindset and your progression through all of that? Yeah, one of our favorite things of racing, especially criterium racing, is the strategy that the different strategies that you can play. And so before a race, we always have a team meeting with, there's always six girls at a race, so we all talk, and the director, who's our dad, will kind of go over what he thinks will happen, and then we'll all play different scenarios. And by playing these scenarios, we really get each other's confidence and the excitement level up because it's like, well, if this happens, then you're going to be the best candidate to win, you know, Nikki or Lexi. So just be ready for that to happen. Or if this happens, then it's your opportunity, Josie. So everybody kind of realizes that anything can happen and we're going to be prepared for all of these different scenarios because we've addressed them and we have the fitness to accomplish them. So, and then in the race, you feel a lot more confident because as a team, we're all very um, aware of what could happen and how we want to kind of go about it yeah in the race you can be a lot more calm and uh, more assured that no matter how it plays out we're going to come away with a win and we typically like to keep a pretty calm mentality we like to listen to someone 
like calm music before the race typically and just be real relaxed and not get too worked up about it because mm -hmm. really at the end of the day bike racing is a lot of intuition so you can't really force and pretend to be excited so we like we like to be just pretty mm -hmm. calm and relaxed and yeah relaxed. And we don't put a lot of pressure on our girls and we just I mean we want to do this because we enjoy it and we we've seen a lot of people in this sport feel like there's so much pressure on me to perform, I can't handle it, and then they leave the sport, and we never want to see that happen to any of our teammates, so we keep a really positive atmosphere. It sounds like y'all take care of some of the basics that, like you said, Skylar, that will keep people, will keep, you know, somebody engaged in the sport for a long time so that nobody, you know, nobody starts, you know, we don't, we don't want someone to hate their sport, we don't want someone to get tired, and we don't want someone to quit, and just focusing on you guys talked about a couple things so I'm gonna break them down when you're when y'all are with your your dad talking about these scenarios like you guys are going through the process like what is going to be the process in order for us to be successful and I love it that you guys are able to you know roundtable discussion and you get everybody involved you know you get everybody involved which is fantastic and that's another thing that I definitely wanted to mention so I'll mention it now is you guys ladies y'all do a fantastic job Y'all, yes, I mean, you know, sometimes y'all cross with your hands up in the air because y'all won, but you know that it takes a team, and so you guys are always very gracious in, you know, letting others know, hey, my teammates, you know, really set that up for me, and they really played a, a pivotal part there, and that's, you know, that's a motivation 101 principle there, you know, everybody's important, you know, everybody's part of this process, and everybody has to do this. I also, I find it interesting, and I like the calm thing the, the calm music kind of staying relaxed type thing because for those listening to this that don't know criterium racing generally happen they, they generally happen in downtown areas of kind of bigger cities and uh they generally the big ones at least uh that these ladies are doing are going to happen at night and you know in a, in a bar district and so people are you know drinking and getting crazy and there's music loud music a lot of times and it's a very kind of chaotic kind of atmosphere uh, where, you know, if the athlete doesn't go within themselves and, and, and kind of chill themselves out, it would be very easy for them to get involved in all of that and, and begin to kind of experience some anxiety and, and some, some fear maybe creeping in there about how the race is going to play out and such. So I love that y'all recognize the chaotic atmosphere of a criterium and try and Get, get yourselves as far away from that as possible. I'm a firm believer that I think a lot of athletes psych themselves out of a competition way before it even begins, especially in criterium racing, because, you know, little do they know with that kind of crazy music and crazy atmosphere, your heart starts pumping a little bit faster. Things start happening to you physiologically that, that you want to kind of save for the race when you're really going to need it. So that's a really cool uh, approach that you all have, and it works for you and so and your team. And so that's another thing that I want to mention is it's got to be something that's that, that fits your team and, and your team dynamic. And so I'm not saying that other teams don't listen to crazy music and stuff like that, but that doesn't work for IS Core. Uh, and so that's what you all do, and that's, that's how you all roll, and it's worked well. So... Either one of y'all can take this, or this one's a fun one to talk about, so both of y'all can answer it if you want. An example of a good race day where it seemed that everything just kind of went well and uh, y'all were able to achieve all of your goals. Uh, we've had quite a few of those this year. So <laughs> typically we do race later in the day, so we'll all sleep in, roll out of bed, maybe do a coffee shop ride, which is really 
chill, a lot of laughing and, you know, giggling and just a really good time. And then we get back to the house, usually already take a nap or eat lunch and just kind of lowest stress as possible. And then we'll head to the race course. Uh, we'll get there. Our dad, who's the director and also the mechanic, takes care of all the equipment. So we'll start putting our music on or going to check out the course. And it's really a pretty casual approach. Uh, we, Like we've mentioned, we don't try to put too much stress on it or think too much about the race until it's time to. And so it will be real calm. And then the race happens. We when we execute well, we all, no matter how we race, we meet each other at the pit after, and we don't talk about the race at all. Um, it's more just to, to calm down, and a lot of emotions are high because heart rates are high, so we don't say anything regardless of if it's a good result or a bad result. And um, then we all change and usually watch the pro men race or get some food, and, I mean, we, we want want to enjoy the experience along the way so good day typically is good race day is like that so it's all pretty calm and get the job done and you know hang out hang out yeah enjoy the cities we're lucky enough to travel to and race in i like the don't talk about you know y'all meet at the pit but we're not going to say anything mm -hmm. in terms of the race i think that's huge i've seen you know, yeah, like you said, heart rates are high, so emotions are high. Mm -hmm. uh, you're tired, and so uh, you may say something that maybe you don't mean. And uh -huh. so uh, it's better to kind of let, let cooler heads prevail a little bit and just kind of put ice on it and then, you know, get back to it, uh, get back to it a little bit later. Skylar, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you won your first NCC race this past season, or we're still in season, so but that happened for you, right, in yeah. Oklahoma City? Yeah, um, technically PRT this year, which is what the NCC was last year. But, yeah, that was my first PRT win, and it felt pretty good. <laughs> I was there. I got to see it. So walk us through it real quick. Okay. Um, we had a pretty relaxing week in Oklahoma City. We were there about three days before the race and got to ride around and see some of our friends who live in the area. Um, coming into the race, we weren't really sure how it was going to play out because it's kind of an interesting field. So we had a lot of different strategies we could implement, and we knew we were the strongest team, so we wanted to race really aggressive. And uh, a few of our teammates took time, and they were off the front solo, which was really exciting. And I was hoping that they would stay away and win, but uh, my attack was what stuck, and is myself and one other rider and we worked together really well and I, it was a downhill into the last corner which being on junior gears is a huge disadvantage so the whole time every single lap I was looking at different markers and kind of feeling it out a little bit on how I needed to set up the sprint and execute it perfectly so that I wasn't out of gear because I knew that my team in the field was really <laughs> relying on me to win and kind of the worst feeling when you're in the breakaway and then you don't win <laughs> so I I yeah um knew how I needed to do it and stayed focused and luckily it worked out yeah so I know you ripped that sprint because I know I was waiting to race after you and and I got to see that and that was really really cool uh to to watch you accomplish that for those that are listening that don't know uh Skyler's not of age yet to be on 
quote-unquote grown-up gears, and so she's on what she calls junior gears, which means she doesn't have access to some of the some of the bigger gears that some of the older riders can can ride with, and so it really it's a really big disadvantage when you're doing when you're going into downhills and things because if you haven't seen one of these races. I mean, they're going over 30 miles an hour, and so at some point you have to go up gears and go to a harder one. Well, if you're already there then you you know your legs spin really really fast already and you don't have anything left taking it back to the process Skylar I think you know you highlight something there that I definitely don't want to pass over and that's the fact that you were already thinking about what gears to be in where at certain markers on the course to be able to execute your sprint I think that's huge because you know you can take another athlete that maybe is not as detail oriented that would be in a two two person break like you and they wouldn't win the race maybe, and then, you know, they would say something to the effect of I was in the wrong gear in the sprint. You didn't want to leave that to chance, and so you're, like, proactively taking that and, and working with it and being like, okay, what do I need to be in at what point in order to be able to execute this sprint? Awesome. Again, I, I want to highlight the fact that, as I do in a lot of my interview podcasts, is champions don't take chances. Like, they don't leave things to chance. The more The more factors that we can control – the better. Uh, the more, the less we can leave things to chance, the better. You know, going back to the pre-race meetings that they have, they go through every single scenario. Why? Because we want to cover everything that might happen. Does something every once in a while happen that you know we're not planning for? For example, a crash or a flat mm-hmm. by one of the you know their teammates or something along those lines. Absolutely, but that we're never going to be able to control for. But anything that we can have in front of us that we can talk about and address, we definitely want to make sure that we do that. And it's not a coincidence that because y'all do that, y'all find yourselves in positions to be successful, maybe more than other individual riders or or as a team. What would y'all say is like one of the hardest things about being a professional cyclist? Probably the travel and your personal life. When you're home, you're not really home a lot of the time you're still training you're still recovering because recovery is just as important as the racing and the training because if you're not recovering you're not building on what you've just spent you know the last four hours doing so um just having the ability to like for me my husband's like let's go do this let's go let's go golf and I'm like okay golf's not that bad it turns out (laughs) the twisting motion when you're golfing like (laughs) affects your hip flexors so just being able to enjoy what you have and, you know, surrounding yourself with people that understand and just taking it one day at a time, listening to your body, it's pretty difficult to, you know, have enough energy to train, do all the things you need to do to recover and still have energy to go hang out with your husband or your friends from school. Or just that's probably the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've been able to – Try and balance. I mean, obviously, finding that balance is super, super important for basically your mental state and your happiness. So, um, yeah, we work really hard on saying, okay, we're going to wake up early, get our training done, and then for the rest of the day, we're going to go shopping with mom. So, it's you really have to plan out your time and not waste any of your time and to get the most out of it. The reason why I asked that question is because I think a lot of the quote-unquote like fringe things that y'all are mentioning also play a huge factor in like how long somebody would last as a professional. Life on the life on the road is hard. You've, you've got to be able to deal with it. You've got to be able to deal with being away from home. You've got to be able to deal with 
Uh, I know y'all stay in, in host housing a lot of times, so you're not in a hotel, which gives you a little bit more room. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, I mean, it's not your house. It's not your bed. You've still got to be cognizant of the fact that you're basically borrowing that space for a set amount of time. And then, Sam, like you said, you know, when you're home, you know, you're still not in full relaxed mode. It's nice to be home. But, you know, you've still got work to do and you still got, you know, an obligation to your goals and to your team and all those kinds of things. And so trying to balance all of that, extremely important. What are some of the things that y'all think helps you like when you're away from home to help you to kind of keep that freshness and, you know, kind of keep you from just getting too beat down mentally to where it takes away from the racing? Well, it's Sam and I and then four of our teammates who are on the road with us a lot. And this last year, um, Lexi, say Nikki, so three of the four were with us. And we really, really valued our friendship with them and saw that more than teammates, we were friends. So we made sure that they were on the team again this year. And we brought in a fourth girl this year named Josie, who's from Australia. And we knew nothing about her before we signed her other than she has had some success. And we had a phone call with her and thought, yeah, she's pretty nice. So we took the chance and it's the best thing we could have ever done. She's been an excellent teammate and a great friend. So more than teammates, we're really a close group of friends and we get along really well. And that makes traveling a million times easier because you're not just traveling with people who you have to get along with you're traveling with your friends and you're experiencing so many things and meeting a lot of people and trying new things and getting to do it with your friends and it's really a unique um, team we have you know you're asking a friend to give up their race for you not not give it up but to, to give everything they've got in order to get you in position knowing that they may not necessarily finish that particular race it's a lot easier to do it when they're a friend off the bike as well Mm -hmm. versus, you know, them doing it because, and this is how professional teams work. You know, sometimes people do things, you know, for their teammates because they're contractually obligated to do that because Uh they've got the same uniform on. And and that's, you know, it, it works sometimes, but more and more as you, as you investigate successful teams, you start noticing the really successful teams, I mean, there's something there that's extra. I mean, it's not uh, it's not the paycheck that's drawing that person to do that for that other person. It goes beyond that, you know, and, and that extra half a percent that that person's willing to give you is what makes a difference between, you know, first and third. For a lot of these races, that's, I mean, you guys are coming down to the wire and the difference between landing on the box and not is is very small. Last couple of questions here. What advice would you give to anybody that's listening to this podcast? I would say the biggest things, write down your goals, keep a journal, and take it day by day. I would add to that that recovery is very important. You don't want to burn out. Make friends along the way and keep in touch with them. And have fun. It sounds super cliche, but if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you need to find something else to do because you should always, you're in control of your life and you should make sure you're having fun and getting the most of it. That is a fantastic list. Taking it day by day, I think is super important. I think that helps keep you grounded so that you don't bite off more than you can chew. If you're just taking it day by day, uh, unfortunately, I see 
you know, I see too many athletes that they want to do in one, you know, they want to do in a month what's going to take six months to do, having that, having that balance to, to be able to do that. And then, I, you know, talking about the journaling and the goals once again is, uh, is huge. And then, you know, having fun, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you really have to enjoy what you're doing. You know, a lot of people will, you know, call it a job. But, you know, again, it's not a job if you're doing what you love. And then, Skylar, you know what you said? I mean, talking about, like, you're in control. Nobody's tying you down to doing anything. You can do whatever you want. Go out and and do what you want and have goals and dream and, you know, don't let anybody tell you no. I mean, ultimately, the most important belief you can have is self-belief. And so as long as we've got a party of one that believes in you, yourself, then you can do anything that you want. Uh, it helps to have a great support system, which y'all have. You know, it does help to have that. But mm-hmm. sometimes you've got to tread, you know, trudge on alone uh, until people start realizing, hey, they're for real. And then all of a sudden it's amazing how you begin to gain support from places you didn't think you were going to get it because, you know, everybody likes to cheer for a successful person. Let's wrap up with this. You guys have – people have heard about the Schneider Sisters if they hadn't before – and they may want to follow you guys as you guys continue to travel, continue to race, just continue to have fun uh, on the bike. I know you guys have some some fun uh, social media accounts uh, where people would be able to follow you. And so just if you want to go ahead and throw some of those out there so that these folks would be able to find you. Yeah, we have an Instagram, which is simple, at the Schneider Sisters, and then a Twitter which is just at Schneider Sister, and we try and kind of provide some insight on what it's like to be traveling and racing professionally, but also being sisters. Yeah, it's a it's a really uh, fun social media accounts. If, you know, if you guys are interested, go follow those. I mean, they're really really cool, and again, they they definitely show their genuineness and their balance, and the fact that they're having a ton of fun doing this, and that's probably the biggest reason why they're so successful ladies lastly anybody that you would like to thank thank you mario for having us this was a lot of fun and i hope that a lot of people are able to tune in and take away from some of the experiences we've had um definitely our team our teammates and then our parents Mm -hmm. and my husband of course no, thank you all so much for being on the podcast. I know you guys are busy and, you know, uh, you guys are you guys are home right now. So for a very short period of time, I'm sure. And then you guys are getting ready to take off. So I appreciate you guys uh, giving me and uh, the listeners uh, some of your time in order to be able to give us some of the wisdom that has allowed you guys to, you know, perform at such a high level. And so thank you, ladies, so much. We wish you, you know, all the best as you all continue to move forward here. And we look forward to seeing some great things coming from you here soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A Champion's Mind. As you continue to implement the content discussed here, you'll move closer and closer to performing at your utmost potential. Keep challenging yourself and don't settle until you achieve your goals. If you can't wait until the next episode to do some more work on your mental game, head over to utmostperformance.org where you can find some more content to consume. You can also like our Facebook page, Utmost Performance. We sincerely value your support as we continue to partner together to help you perform at your utmost.